Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. My name is Abby Aslin, and I did not upload last week. Um, with everything going on, I'm sure you guys know with the unjust death of George Floyd and all of the protests against racial injustice going on, um, it just didn't feel right to upload a podcast that was completely unrelated to everything going on last week. It's been a very heavy week for me and a lot of people. And I say that coming from privilege. I mean, I am a white female. I am privileged. I've grown up in a bubble and I can't even begin to understand or comprehend everything that people of color are going through right now. Um, But I am very hopeful that this is the start of change for us as a country and hopefully globally as well. Um, so I did not upload last week. Um, I haven't been posting anything on any of my social media besides resources and things like that um, to help educate people and help encourage people to take action just out of solidarity um, for this whole movement. And it really is a movement. It's not a trend. Um, it's not a political thing. This is a human rights issue at the end of the day. And I just wanted to have this podcast episode because I know that it's very important for me as an influencer to do my job as an influencer and be a good influence um, about things other than, you know, clothes and fashion and college and things like that. Like at the end of the day, my job is to influence and at the core of that is to influence on things that actually matter that are going to educate other people inform other people and help us all work towards a lasting change for good and that's why I wanted to record this podcast episode and I did my first zoom recording podcast ever and it went really well um I'm recording this right after I recorded with the guest of today's episode and her name is Venus Kagabo I might have just butchered her last name even though we went through how to pronounce it multiple times she is from Canada and you will hear in this episode a lot about her experience growing up she provides a lot of helpful information on being an ally getting educated um, having lasting change uh, talking to those who are closed-minded all of that kind of stuff this episode really has something that everyone can get out of it and I think it's really important for everyone to listen to and she did an incredible job and she posted in the Gen Z girl Facebook group um which I encourage you all to join because it really is a great safe place, a great community of a lot of amazing people. And it's such a strong, close-knit community. And she posted her video um, that she uploaded to YouTube a couple days ago talking about um, her experience growing up as a black woman in Canada. And I watched her video and something just really stuck with me. Um, I knew I wanted to have a guest at that point, but... It was one of those things that I just kind of felt in my gut and I always trust I always try and trust my gut and I just could just feel it in my gut that she was who needed to be on the podcast. Um, you know, she is just, she's my age. She grew up in Canada, so I knew it was a little bit of a different perspective and I could just tell she was wise beyond her years in the video she shared. And that is like she just truly embodies like a strong educated woman and um she's very mature wise beyond her years like I said and it just I really stuck with me and I was like I have to have her on the podcast so re-recorded this morning and I'm so beyond grateful that she was 
you know, willing to come on the podcast. I kind of just threw it in her lap. I commented on the post at the Facebook group, but I was like, by any chance, would you be wanting to come on the podcast? Because I've been trying to decide on who I want to come on as a guest and I just feel like it needs to be you. And, um, you know, we've chatted. I let her pick what she wanted to talk about because at the end of the day, she is much more educated on this than I am. And this episode, I mean, recording with her, informed me so much and I learned so much from it and um, I think a lot of you guys will get something out of it and I encourage you all to share it with your friends your family members anyone who may be um, you know struggling right now with understanding all of this and trying to learn and getting educated and things of that sort this episode is definitely very helpful especially for those who are just now becoming allies and just now realizing their privilege and getting on board with the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, be sure to join the Gen Z Girl Facebook group so you guys can see a lot of um, resources posted in there, uh, have that safe space, be able to chat about these things openly. Um, that That's what the group is there for. And if you just search Gen Z Girl Podcast on Facebook, a group should come up and there's just three quick questions. Who hosts the podcast? Do you agree to um, abide by all the rules? And um, I think the other rule is or it's not a rule it's just like if you have any recommendations for the podcast to let me know about it so that's that but I hope you guys enjoy be sure to join that Facebook group uh follow the Gen Z Girl podcast um Instagram it's just at Gen Z Girl podcast I will have in the show notes a ton of resources and everything down below and I am going to be posting this to YouTube as well if you want to watch us like engage in this dialogue and everything um, it really just felt like a little coffee chat conversation on the couch. Her and I talked about that after we finished recording. We were like, that was so comfortable. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to watch it on YouTube, you can. It'll be there. And I'm going to be donating all the ad revenue that it generates from YouTube. Um, I don't make money off my podcast, so I'm not donating anything from the podcast. I just have the podcast here. But um, I will be donating the ad money from YouTube. And I have donated another, you know, to other GoFundMes and other funds and things of that sort. And I encourage you all to do all that you can. Take action. Get informed. Get educated. That's what you can do at the very least. You don't have to be sitting here donating money. I think a lot of people feel like they need to be donating money and they don't really have the means to. That's not the case. As long as you are educating yourself, trying to educate others, then that's a great you know, way to get started. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and now we will get into the chat with Venus. Hi guys. I am here today with Venus Kagavo from Canada, which is so awesome. She, I found her basically through the Gen Z Girl podcast Facebook group. She posted her own video um, talking about her experience growing up in Canada as a person of color and just with everything going on, I watched her video and I just kind of it was one of those things where I like felt into my soul. I was like, this girl needs to come on. She's got to come on. <laughs> and I like love that it was someone that's in the Gen Z girl community and everything. And that's kind of how I wanted it to be instead of just reaching out to someone random that I didn't really have any connection with or anything. So her full name is Venus Kagavo. I just had to like get a pronunciation down for her name <laughs> and I got it right. <laughs> and um, I'm so excited to have her on. And I just wanted to express my utmost gratitude for you being so brave to come on today and talk about all of this because I know it can be hard and it is hard and it's something I will never understand as a privileged white female. So I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself to everyone and give them the rundown of who you are. 
All right, so hello everyone. My name is Venus Kagavo, as Abby said. Um, I live in Saskatchewan, Canada, which is like the prairies of the country. Um, it's a predominantly um, white community. I There's not a lot of people of color here. Um, and like I said in my video, I kind of grew up as being like the only black and person of color in a lot of my classes and everything like that um and now i'm like blanking i'm like what is there about myself <laughs> who am i <laughs> but yeah um i basically posted that video on youtube and i had a lot of experiences that i felt i needed to share with others because i felt that there's a lot of people um, especially like black younger kids that are going through the same thing or have went through the same thing and it's not anything to be ashamed of it's um, it's hard to be confident in your identity when you feel like it's a bad thing and so um, that's basically why I felt compelled to make that video because I was like you know what anytime I speak up like someone will message me and be like thank you for this and I'm like I have the opportunity to reach more people and like I don't I don't have a problem with sharing my story and with speaking up and I know for a lot of people um, a lot of black individuals people have been going to them asking them to share their experiences and I know that that can be overwhelming when that's not necessarily something you want to do and so I felt as someone who likes speaking up like sharing their voice um, it was important for me to do and to keep doing because I feel like I'm helping out the people who are really overwhelmed during this whole thing right now. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I know, absolutely. I mean, there's always like going to be that one person that you can re like get through using your voice. Like, I mean, and at the end of the day, if you reach one person, you know, that has a multiplier effect, you know, and that's going to help them and help the rest of their life and help other people in their life and everything. So it's really... Yeah really great that you have decided, you know, this is something I'm comfortable with, good at. You have an amazing voice. You're so like composed and just, you come off so like mature and just like radiant. And I'm just like, okay, you're just Thank like a natural. <laughs> and um, so it's really great that you're able to, you know, use your experience, especially being, you know, a kind of a solo person of color growing up. I, that really like broke my heart, you know, whenever you said it's hard to figure out who you are when you feel like you have to be ashamed of it when you really, I mean, shouldn't be at all ever. And I right. hate that that is what you had to feel growing up, which is part of the reason why you're on here today to give everyone a perspective of that. So um, like you said, um, you did post that video and everything. And I will leave that in the show notes for everyone. If they want to watch it, I'll post it in the Gen Z Girl Facebook podcast group and everything like that. But um, I just want to kind of, for those who haven't watched your video yet, if there's any specific experiences you want to go through um, just growing up as a person of color in Canada, because like you said, I mean, you obviously have a different perspective here um, in Canada and not in the States, but, um, you know, racism exists everywhere. It's not just here in the United States and it's definitely a global problem. So if you want to expand on any of those experiences, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So um, I think that people think that Canada is just like a perfect place and that there's no racism whatsoever. but um, the truth is, Canada has a long history with racism and it extends to Indigenous people, it extends to um, Chinese people, it extends to Black people, and it's not something that you hear about often. Um, 
I think, honestly, I believe that racism is something that's learned. And I think that's the issue is that it was learned so far back, like generation wise, that it's like, um, sorry, voice crack, <laughs> puberty. <laughs> um, it's something that's learned. And I feel like um, in school, we're not taught necessarily how to correct it. We're just taught that things happened and we shouldn't be happy about them. And I think that's a big issue. So I know for me, um, a lot of the racism that I've experienced has been from older people. And I always make the excuse for them, which is not a good excuse, but like, it's true. It's, they, they don't, they have, they, they learn that behavior. Like they don't, they don't really know anything different. Um, so one of like the most overwhelming experiences that I had was like, I was at the grocery store with my mom and we were just shopping like everybody else. And um, I wasn't paying attention, but my mom was like, I heard my mom say, hey, don't say that. And I was like, what happened? She's like, that guy said, um, oh, look. And then he said the N-word, hard R. And I was like, and I was like, I literally felt like fire running through my veins. I was I was so angry. And I, my mom was like, don't say anything, just let him go. Because for her, it's like, what's the point of, causing a scene or you know drawing attention but then I was like no we're not letting him get away with that so I followed him and I was like hey what did you just say and like I'm not proud necessarily of how I handled it but like when something like that happens you're just overwhelmed with so many emotions you're like you're angry you're upset and um I remember saying to him I was like it's 2020, people aren't the N-word anymore, they're human beings, and he was like, and he just, he had nothing to say, and I was like, so now, now you're, you're quiet, yeah. now you're quiet, and like, that was, it was a crazy moment for me, and it's something that I'll never forget, and I feel like anytime I experience something like that, you never forget it, and you always, you always remember it, because it's like I said, it's a humiliating, it's an embarrassing feeling to be, for someone to try and belittle you like that and to like in public attack you like that with just like no hesitation. Yeah. And so that experience is one that I didn't touch on in the video, but it is one that has stuck with me. Like it sticks with me. I remember after I had yelled at the guy, I started crying in the store because I was just so like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is still happening. And um, there's so many more experiences that I could, be, I could talk about, but it's like, um, it's still very prevalent and it's very, it's, it's, an, it's a very big issue. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are aware of the racism that exists in Canada and it's towards many groups of people. It's not just towards black people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, like you said, it's 2020, like what the heck? I mean, and the fact that, you know, you're just going to the grocery store, something that I can go and do without thought. And that's just, and that had to be like a traumatic experience for you. And that's just, that really, really shows how much of, you know, a problem it is because, and how privileged, I mean, I am and we are anybody else who's white as a white person, because we can go do something, go pick up some milk if we want to without second thought. And for you, you know, there's negative feelings associated with that. And that's just so 
awful and it is something that needs to be changed. I really liked what you said about um, racism, you know, the way they, the way it's taught in school or whatever, or not taught, but they never correct it. And that's so true. You know, they're just like, this is a, Hey, this is a bad thing. Like, you know, eh, don't participate in it, whatever. But they never, I feel like it needs to be something um, where teachers or anybody really like even the kids in classes, whatever it is, know how to pick up on it and respond to it instead of just, you know, staying silent about it or just being like, Hey, don't say that again. You know, you have to go further than that to actually make a lasting change. Yeah. It's like, how are you supposed to do better if you don't know better? And it's like, that's why I think we're at the place that we are today. There's so many people who are like, I honestly didn't know that this was an issue. And it's because you weren't exposed to it. Like, and for me, I feel like a big part of it is like your education system fails you in a sense. Like they can tell you about these things, but if they don't tell you how to not be a part of the problem, then Exactly. Now we're at this place where we have people looking for edu- like looking for resources to educate themselves. And it's like, I want to be mad, but I'm like, it's such like, there's so many levels to the issue. Right. So. Right. Right. Okay. Heading into the next question. Um, this is one that I like, feel like I've re- that has really stuck with me. Um, throughout everything happening, did you ever feel like you didn't have the same opportunities that your privileged counterparts did growing up? Um, I just see a lot of, especially when I watched the racial wealth gap explained on Netflix, that thing, which I obviously knew it existed, but like seeing like statistical data, I mean, like numbers thrown out, I was like, holy freaking crap. Like this is very real and it's so bad and so sad. I just feel like, um, the fact that like a person's skin color can subject them to less opportunities down the road is so sad because it doesn't allow them to, you know, pursue their passions necessarily as easily as someone that's white can. And obviously, you know, that like, that's something I'm really passionate about was like sharing my passions and getting people to discover theirs. So like, Mm -hmm. that's why it really, you know, struck a nerve in me, I think. But um, I think that, you know, your neighborhood you grow up in, the family income, um, the schools you attend, all of that can really affect Uh, the opportunities that, you know, someone would get as a person of color. So with that, did you ever feel that you were in that situation? And what do you think we can do or do better to make sure people of color, you know, get those equal opportunities, especially in school and in the workforce? Okay, so um, obviously, I can't speak for Black people in the United States, because I don't know really what it's like, or what the experiences are like for them. But I know in Canada, for me, it really has come down to just having access to and like knowledge of opportunities um, because I come from like an immigrant family. Um, if I don't like, there's a lot of things that I just didn't know existed and there's no way for me to like utilize those things. Whereas a lot of people, they're like, they're born into families where they have access to and they have so many opportunities already there for them. And I feel like as a person of color, when you come from an immigrant family, you often need to seek out those opportunities and you also have to create those opportunities for yourself. And it kind of puts you at a disadvantage. Um, I think just not having access, like a lot of people have connections and I'm just like, I don't have connections because my parents came here as refugees. They don't know anybody, right? Right. And so in that sense, that's kind of um, how I feel like I, haven't had like the same opportunities as my counterparts, but um, 
that that's like the main thing. Um, but I also wanted to touch on um, just in the States, I know people don't really understand or they don't understand how um, they feel like they've had to work hard. So they're not privileged or anything like that. But I don't think people realize how deeply ingrained the um, this issue is in the system. So like I was watching a video and it was like, um, you could have a, a black kid and he grows up in a neighborhood that's predominantly black and it's low income. And so their school is funded by property taxes or stuff like that. And so if you have low income neighborhood and you probably, you're not getting a lot of funding into your school, but then you have a kid that is white, he's in a wealthy neighborhood and his school is funded by those, those same taxes, but they're wealthy. So the school is better funded, right? Um, and people wonder like, how did it get that way? And how does it impact people? Um, it's like, <laughs> In older generations, sorry, I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm trying to make sense and put this all together. <laughs> um, like way back in the day, um, the grandparents of these black individuals, they were denied bank loans to get to buy houses based on the color of their skin. Um, and depending on where they lived, cities would mark off places that were undesirable and they didn't want to um, invest in and it was predominantly like black individuals and so banks were more likely to loan to low-income white families than high-income black families and so you see how that can be a problem for generations because we know that two of the key items to success is college education and having a good place to live so college education, if your grandparents wanted to apply to like higher education, they didn't have many options because they were black and segregation was an issue. But your white counterparts were, were able to, they had so many options and so many opportunities to go to high education and pursue the best education because their skin color didn't matter, right? And so how that affects us today is we see that um, people with black sounding names on resumes, there's a study done, people with black sounding names um, on resumes are uh, twice as likely to not get a call back compared to people with white sounding names um, on resumes. Yeah, and then you have the unemployment rate, which is high for black individuals. Uh -huh. And then you wonder why. And then you have this bias that black people are lazy. And then <laughs> and it's like, you know, it just keeps going. Yeah. And so it's like, basically, this all stems from slavery, right? Because right. slavery is what started it. So now this issue has 400 years later, it's still a problem. So really, what it comes down to, in my opinion, is looking at the system and changing it, and seeing how we can make it so that everyone has equal opportunities no one is denied of any opportunities because of the color of their skin and yeah i agree my That's mouth is dry i just talk so much <laughs> yeah after this you're gonna be like i need water <laughs> let me take a little sip yeah, no you're fine take a water break if you need it yeah i it's so crazy i mean just all the statistics with you know the unemployment rate being you know twice as high for people of color and it's just 
that it truly is something that just at the bottom line, like the system has to change because that's truly where it's broken because this country has been built on a broken system. So we're seeing the consequences of that now. And, you know, luckily, and we are, you know, for the most part banding together to um, try and change that. And unfortunately, going into the next question, you know, it's taken us far too long to get in a position where all of us can band together, come together and be allies with people of color in the Black Lives Matter movement. And it should have been that way all along. And um, I just want you to expand on the importance of other races being allies to the Black Lives Matter movement and why saying all lives matter is wrong um, and how it silences people of color. Um, and how can white people you know, be genuine supporters rather than just hopping on this Black Lives Matter bandwagon that some people perceive to be as just a trend when it's not. And, um, you know, just that whole problem with being purely performative when um, trying to take a stand to appear anti-racist. Okay, so that's a packed question. It is. But a lot of You need to be reminded um, of it, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, starting with the importance of basically having diversity in the support of the movement, um, it comes down to the fact that while um, black people are the focus of the movement. We're always stronger together. It is so important to have people of different races supporting the movement because at the end of the day, it's a human rights issue. And I don't think, I, I, it, I don't know how successful anything can really be if only the people that are being oppressed are the ones trying to fight for change, right? Exactly. So, so, um, people that may indirectly be contributing to the oppression, it's important for them to get educated. And that could be people of different colors. That could be white people, that could be Hispanic people, that could be, you know what I mean? Like, it's important for everyone to be educated. And then for them to become allies, they can also recruit other people who may not listen, unfortunately, who may not listen, unfortunately, to people of color. So it's like you have power and you have privilege. And by becoming an ally, you're able to use your privilege for good. And that's why I think it's important for everyone to be an ally, really, because in some sense, you do have privilege. You have people that are willing to listen to you over somebody else, right? So that's really why I think it's important. Um, and now all lives matter. Okay. <laughs> so um, my thing with all lives matter is that it only started being a theme when people started saying Black Lives Matter. Like, people were not saying All Lives Matter all these years. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, I looked at this post the other day, and it was, like, when um, the Boston bombing happened, people weren't saying, what about some other place? You know what I mean? Like, or if people were showing support for breast cancer people aren't like what about colon cancer yeah like you know what I mean yeah and it's like it's only started to be a thing to like rebuke the Black Lives Matter movement like you're saying all lives matter I don't think you're saying it because you really think all lives matter I think you're just saying it because you don't like that one race is getting attention yeah. or like it's not yeah. it's not because you actually care but um the issue with saying all lives matter is really just that of course all lives matter and um, the issue right now is that black lives are being taken away by police at 
an alarmingly high rate compared to other races. And so if we truly believe that all lives matter, I think saying Black Lives Matter implies that all lives matter because right now, Black lives don't matter. So that means all lives do not matter. So it's kind of like a, like they think they're doing something by saying that (laughs) but it's like but it's like that's the issue we're trying to make people understand that all lives matter because right now it doesn't seem that way right so um by saying all lives matter you're kind of just taking away from the specific group that's being oppressed right now and it's just it's not enough to say all lives matter it's you need to confront the issue head on and you need to say black lives matter because black lives are the ones that are being affected right now and if it was any other race we would say their lives matter because you know so there's that that's all I have to say about that like it's simply just that like we know all lives matter that's why we're doing what we're doing right now Yes. What was the second? What was the next one? <laughs> yeah, it was just the um, how can white people be genuine supporters rather than being purely performative or like hopping on the bandwagon? Okay. Yeah. Um. So, I know for me, following like a lot of influencers and you know just like seeing a lot of my um, favorite people just posting about this, it's definitely hard to feel like people are being genuine. Yeah. But I do really feel like at the end of the day, and I've given this a lot of thought, we have to assume that people are being genuine because we're wasting time going back and forth, assuming that people aren't being genuine. Wow. By me assuming that people are being genuine, I can keep educating them and having conversations and just helping them, giving them more resources. Whether they're performing, whatever they're doing, or like whatever their true intentions are, they're still spreading the message Mm -hmm. and I just have to trust and believe that they're doing it from the bottom of their heart and because they actually care and I feel like this is an issue where like if you're speaking up on about this and you don't truly care but I I mean yeah (laughs) you're saying you don't care about human rights my friend are you okay (laughs) (laughs) exactly so for me I just feel like we really need to try and just see the best in people and in their intentions and the truth is some of these people saying that they didn't know any better it's true they really didn't know any better because of the environments that they grew up in but now we have the opportunity to educate them and to create diets and dialogue and so I think that's what we should be focused on rather than trying to figure out who's genuine and who's not being genuine because it's really it's not productive no it's not that's a very very mature mindset and just way to approach that because I can't understand um, what it's like to be on the other end. And, you know, I'm sure the first instinct is to just be like, is this person being genuine or not? And for you to have that mental, you know, strength to just sit there and just be like, you know, hey, it's not productive for me to sit here and question this. I just need to assume that this is genuine, this is real, and that they are reaching people through doing this. And, you know, you just have to trust that until, you know, it reveals itself otherwise, you know what I mean? So that's a very, I haven't heard that said a lot, but I think that that's a very, um, what's the word, productive and mature way of thinking about it and going about it. So I really liked that explanation. Um, Like, I've seen a lot of influencers just posting about how 
they're being attacked because they because they're not either not doing enough or they're not genuine and I'm like we are taking away from the important conversation and the main focus and it just it just doesn't make sense to me to keep picking people apart and saying well this is not this is you're being you're performing you're not being genuine it's like you're taking away from the voices and the focus of the movement and like a lot of the time it has to be said I feel like it's not people of color that are saying these things yes I know that's so true it's like it's not your place to decide if it's genuine or not absolutely and honestly the same could be said about that person too so it's like just shut up (laughs) are you part of that no let's focus on the real matter yeah Yeah. just educate right right Okay, so going into tokenism, I saw it in your notes you wanted to talk about this, and it's definitely a very pertinent issue that's been an issue for a long time within corporations, companies, um, friendships, families, communities, sororities and fraternities and colleges, um, really everywhere, and it's really important for everyone to realize that making an effort to appear as though they are inclusive of minority groups and promote racial equality by including that small number of the minority group um, is not being anti-racist. And just how can somebody, you know, diversify their friend group uh, by actually promoting racial equality without tokenizing? So honestly, I was thinking about this and the truth is it's very simple. You just need to use like a genuine effort to make friends with people because at the end of the day the way you make a white friend is the same way you make a black friend yes like like, there's no step by step right and you don't need to like pretend to try and like understand their experiences or anything like that you just need to be genuine in your effort and um the thing with tokenizing is like I've seen a lot of people and just companies talk about how we have so many black people on our team there's so many like just black partners and everyone's like how come we've never seen these people yeah like like where like like, (laughs) literally like like where (laughs) so like it's just you just have to be genuine like that's really all it is that's so true you don't need to think about it as like I want to make a black friend. Right. You want to make a friend. <laughs> yeah. There's no like, oh my gosh, that's so true. That's really, that's really all it is. Like, it's just see them for the person that they are, not for the color of their skin or, and don't think of it as a way to make you feel better right. about yourself. Just, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's really all I can say about that. Cause it's like, what else is there? Really I love that. Like? I mean, it's, it, cause, and it's truly like your answer is so simple and it's because it is as simple as that. Like it's, that's it. But um, I wanted you, or I know you wanted to talk about black culture, um, the exposure to it, the importance of black hairstyles, making excuses for singing the N word in songs, all of that. I'll let you um, kind of expand on all that as you wish. Okay. So basically everything about black culture, um, about the N word, if you're not of black heritage, you do not have the place to tell another black person what they can and can't be upset about. If you're consuming black culture also, you should be speaking up and being an ally of this movement. 
Um, but specifically about the n-word I, I really wanted to to touch on this because the common argument is that well if they use it or if it's in songs why can't I say it and it's because it doesn't hold the same trauma or just emotional importance to you compared to a black person right so when someone really does say when someone says that black people using this word is their their way to take it back and to change the meaning that is what it is you cannot say that that's not true and that doesn't mean that it doesn't still hold any um power to hurt them because I know that like for me I don't think people that aren't black should say the word but I also don't say it myself or use it myself because I know it's still it's hurtful for me right and so like a person that's not black can never tell me how to feel about the word and should never tell me how to feel about the word because it doesn't have the same importance to them. So I think it's really just about knowing your place. Yeah. <laughs> like your ancestors did not endure the same hardship, you know? So you can't tell us how we should feel about other people using the word, especially when it was used in as a, like, as a racial slur yeah. to, you know, so just don't use it. <laughs> yeah. Like what's, what's the purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's not your if place. If you can no. skip a swear word in a song, you can skip, like it's so easy to skip oh. the oh my word. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if I can skip it, anyone else can skip it, like replace it with something else. Like just, it's not that hard. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not. So what are some signs of racism that people may not even realize that they're doing or saying or performing? Okay, so um, I actually wrote a paper on microaggressions. So it's like things that are like kind of racist that you may not realize. Um, So I'll just give some examples. Um, People really might not think that these are racist, but they're not, they're just not good things to say. So like the other day at work, actually, I had a man come up to me and say, where are you from? I was like, we're in Canada. He's like, but like, where are you really from? And I was like, I was born here. And before he could even let me answer, he was like, Jamaica. And I'm like, I'm like, you would not go up to another white person and say that. No, it's only because I look different that you like that you assume that I'm not from here. But I was born here. I can show you my birth certificate. (laughs) Or it's like me when I have my braids people are like is that your real hair and I'm like do you ask the girl with curly hair beside us if that's her real hair right it's like you wouldn't ask anybody else that or it's like um even just like in the healthcare setting because I want to be a nurse and so um a lot of the time black women are always immediately assumed to be a nurse and not the doctor right and it's just like why is that like you can't see a black woman in a position of power like that it's like I don't know and then I have like another experience so like I took an anthropology class in my first year of university and my professor (laughs) just went on this whole talk about just black culture and she was like yeah so black people are typically better at sports 
um, like for example, basketball. And I was the only black person in the class. And she walks up to me and she says, do you play basketball? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. And it's bold of you to assume that every black person plays wow. basketball. And it's just like, it's like, it's little things like that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you need to think about it and be like, would I ask somebody else this question that isn't black? You know, right. it's just like, it, it, and it's not that you're trying to be racist, but it's kind of just like, it's things to be mindful of, you yes, know? Yes, exactly. Just saying it's mindful. It's like, I see you're different and I want to, and I'm pointing out that you're different. And it's just like, right. Why? <laughs> you know? I get that. It's just like, I mean, staying mindful and it kind of goes back to like the whole being genuine thing. Like, like you said, you wouldn't do it to the person sitting next to them with curly hair. You wouldn't, you know what I mean? You wouldn't ask a white person what sport, if they play a certain sport. Cause you know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, like I've never, I've never looked at like a white person and thought, is that your real hair? Yeah. Or, like, where are you actually from? I'm like, right. It just doesn't go through my head. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and a lot of us um, have witnessed, you know, people staying silent. We've seen a lot of that having, um, just like being in a position where they didn't really want to speak up because they were scared of saying the wrong thing, didn't know how to say something, um, didn't know what to say. And they were so focused on saying the right thing, quote unquote. Um, how can non-blacks that want to speak up, um, but are afraid to do so, um, and being able to stand up without being, you know, misconstrued and stuff like that. So that's another thing where I think just being genuine is very important. And if this is new territory for you, acknowledging that you don't know everything and that you're still learning is very important. And it is difficult to have conversations with your family because it's your family. And sometimes like these are just really hard conversations to have, but it's important to create dialogue that doesn't turn into attacks because yes. that's not productive and it doesn't get anywhere um and for and a lot of the time what I do and I find it's helpful for a lot of other people that are not black is to to just recommend resources yeah so you could be like hey let's sit down and watch this movie together you know and if that person chooses to not want to participate you can't force it upon somebody you just might not be the person that's able to um, show them a different perspective. Right. You can really, you can really only do so much, and you shouldn't beat yourself up about not being able to change somebody's mind about what they believe. Um, so just, I don't know, just think about how also you would like to learn about an issue that you don't know much about, and provide that experience for other people. It's just, yeah, it's hard. Awesome. It's it's definitely it's difficult because you can't get through to people the same way. Like there's no universal way to do it. Right. Right. So um, you should feel good about even wanting to engage in conversation and to um, help them understand something that they don't understand. So just know that effort, any effort is appreciated and good effort. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I think that that's such a good point to make that, you know, not everybody's going to 
be that person to, you know, make it, make that difference and educate that person and just always continuously making that effort and being genuine with it's really important. And, um, I think at the end of the day, you know, that effort, it being there and doing all you can just can go a long way. And it's important to, cause like something for me, like I feel like I need to be that person for everyone. So it's very, you know, it's good to be reminded, you know, as long as I'm doing what I can to get to as many people as I can, I can feel like I don't have to, I don't have that as much of that pressure of, oh, I need to say this. I have to say the perfect thing, the right thing. That's, you know, that's not, that shouldn't be something that people are worried about, but a lot of people with it being their first time getting educated, speaking about all this, it is a common um, worry, I guess, that people have. And going off of that, you know, a lot of people everywhere are having these difficult conversations with friends and family members um, that, you know, either haven't really been exposed to this because they've grown up in a bubble or, you know, maybe they have some, you know, racist underlying, you know, feelings and that needs to be changed. And a lot of us in the um, Gen Z and millennial group are recognizing that and wanting to have those conversations. So um, for how can we have those productive and civil conversations with those who aren't as open-minded and may um, just be kind of closed off to having that conversation? That's a really great question. And it's one that I still struggle with. Um, for me, I've realized that sometimes my effort is better used, my effort and my energy is better used somewhere else instead of trying to engage in conversation with someone who's just not trying to have it. And I think that's, I'm not like, I'm not saying to give up necessarily, but I'm saying it's gonna take a lot more than just one conversation and you know, sending them one article to convince them. And I think it's going to take a team effort. And I think that it's important to remember that it's not your responsibility to get through to that person. And honestly, it's something that I still haven't figured out because for, for a lot of people that have um, come from a closed-minded like view and have changed their beliefs, it kind of seems like it was just like one experience that kind of just changed things for them. And so I don't really have the answers for that. I think it's just important to keep engaging and trying to engage in conversation and not getting not getting angry when things don't go as planned. Yes. Um, because things aren't always going to go the way you want them to, right? Um, but yeah it's, yeah, it's something that like, I really, I still don't know the answer to and I'm still trying to figure out because there's still a lot of people here in my hometown that are close-minded and they aren't open to learning or trying to change their views and so I don't know how to get through to them but I'm still I'm not going to stop having the conversation right you know yeah like not giving up and I think that as hard as it can be to have patience especially with those that are maybe close friends and family members it's so important to stay patient and realize that it may not be that one conversation that makes a difference. Like it may be the fourth conversation you have or some conversation they have with somebody on that they just like see in a store or something, you know, it's they, like you said, sometimes there's just that one experience. And that's kind of like why I shared, um, I shared on my Instagram story sometime like last week, there was um, the whole like kind of, it was referencing Luke 15 in the Bible. And I know that, you know, me as a Christian, like a lot of 
I've seen a lot of, I feel like I've seen a lot of Christians kind of struggle with the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And that whole Luke 15 is basically all about like one lost sheep and Jesus going after the one lost sheep when there's, you know, 99 others. And it's kind of comparing the whole Black Lives Matter to All Lives Matter situation. And I shared that on my story because I was like, I know for a fact there are Christians following me that probably don't really understand, like, I don't know why, like, I, I really don't know why, but like, they can't really get themselves to understand why it's Black Lives Matter and not All Lives Matter. So I shared it to be a perspective from something that they do understand so that maybe they could understand a little bit better, maybe like just inch towards understanding, you know what I mean? Just try and get them to understand better, even if it's just a slight bit better for right now. So yeah. Exactly. That's, and that's actually really awesome. Um, you can't use the same examples or the same conversation for all people because not everyone's going to understand things the same way right and so you using an example that is more relevant and more like they that people can understand more is so helpful because Mm -hmm. it may actually you know change their minds you know so it's important I think to also think like you if you know the person and you know like what's really important to them it's using examples yes. that are more relevant to them to educate them because that can help them see oh okay that's this is not okay right. <laughs> so right. needs to change <laughs> that's so true using those examples that are closer to them and their hearts will likely get farther than just like using some universal like you know yeah here's this but um now a question that I know a lot of people have been asking, it was something that I, it was one of the first questions I asked myself, you know, like, how can I get educated? How can I do better? As soon as all this was starting, which now I feel like, thankfully, a lot of people are using their platforms, even just friends of mine who, you know, may not be influencers, everybody's sharing resources mm-hmm. and ways to get educated, which is great. But I know in the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't know where to start. Um, but I guess for more of a long-term lasting this is a part of my lifestyle this is not something you know I'm just partaking in a trend how can white people get educated and do better um for their life not just for right now yeah um so I think there's actually this google doc that is like a master list of resources yeah yeah and like um I think it's exposing yourself to things that are different. So like, for example, like media, I think it's important to expose yourself to people of color. Like um, with this whole Blackout Tuesday thing, I think I, I, I wasn't on Instagram at the time, but I think the goal was to like amplify black voices. Yeah. And the thing was like if you were scrolling through your feed and all you saw was black squares that's kind of a sign that <laughs> you might need to diversify your yeah. feed yeah <laughs> so it's like I think it's kind of just about diversifying and like um it's there's there's a lot of levels to it um so for for one I'd say for sure diversify your feed um instead of going on social media looking for like entertainment I think it's important to go on there looking for educational yes things as well so change what you're following I realized I had to do that too for oh, me yeah. in order for me to stay updated on things that were going on like important things that are going on I had to change completely who I was following right um 
so I think it's making an effort to be more aware of the things going on in the world so that's whether that's following like independent news outlets you know like just making sure you constantly have access to that information so since like I said social media is a big part of our world right now it's making sure that your social media reflects what's going on right um because that's really how you stay educated and um I I just I, I say engaging with with people that are you know oppressed or people of color I agree yeah really like what else can you do right right I agree and going off of that with just diversifying, you know, your feed, what you're consuming and everything. Um, I've always been someone that's tried to consume, you know, not I've never liked consuming one side of the media exclusively just because it really polarizes your mind to everything else going on. Um, And I try to consume as much as I can from more non-biased, you know, sources like the Wall Street Journal and Associated Press Mm -hmm. and stuff. But um, I personally believe that that polarization often causes those actual topics at hand that are being discussed. Um, it kind of turns into opposing Americans against each other rather than the actual issue at hand, um, which is a problem. And I think that the media and government do want us to be divided ultimately to have that banter and that this versus that chatter when at the end of the day, first of all, this is not a political movement. This is a human rights movement. Mm -hmm. And um, with that, we've seen all 50 states come together for the first time. Like, I don't know the last time all 50 states came together to fight for one common goal and issue, which is amazing. And um, I think that we both agree that talking about how the media is portraying these protests and um, just the way that they are delivering that is harmful. So what are your thoughts on that? My issue with the media... (laughs) there's a list (laughs) (laughs) so I think a lot of like the popular uh media outlets like CNN or like Fox like all those places they do a really good job of um showing the protests that turn violent yes (laughs) and only showing the protests that turn violent I don't know if it's for like like entertainment like I don't know what the goal really is yeah but um for a lot of people, how they get their news is by watching those popular outlets. And so if you are seeing these protests turning violent, you're going to assume that all the protests turn violent and that the whole movement is violent. And that doesn't help the cause. I don't yes. think they're helping the cause when they try and consider both sides. It's like you're not considering both sides because you're only showing the things that turn violent. You're not showing the protests that just simply remain as protests, they don't turn violent. You see, you see um, like peaceful conversation going between police officers and the protesters. Like, I guess maybe it doesn't serve them or uh, help them to show those peaceful protests. Right. But like, like um, I don't know. I just think with the media having the power it does it's very shameful that they choose to show to show those things that have the opportunity to turn people away from supporting a movement that is about human rights and not about looting stores and doing all of that like they don't show that there is the one protest in minneapolis like it turned into um looting and this one guy's bar was destroyed and like it burnt down and so he started to go fund me 
and the goal was a hundred thousand and he's raised over one million dollars and it's like they don't show that like the goal of these protests is to not loot, it's right. not to loot everything and destroy everything. And a lot of the people that are looting are not really affiliated with the protest. No, you know, not at they all. see this as an they see this as an opportunity to go and get exactly get a new TV. Like, <laughs> like you're missing the point home. here. Like go home. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's wrong to affiliate um, the riots and everything with the actual movement because that's not what it's about exactly know? yeah you have to keep that in mind and I think it's very important which I think this is something that older generations have more of a problem with is they just turn on the tv and they watch that same channel all day long no matter what channel it is they're glued to that one channel and that's all they see and it's very polarizing and it is a problem so I yeah. totally agree with you on all of that it takes away from the movement and it's just really important to I almost try and actively seek out the pot, like, and it's not even just with this. I mean, like anytime there's something tragic going on and the news is just capitalizing on it, I'm like, let me try and, I always try and find, you know, like that, the more positive, like the real side of it that isn't mm -hmm. just being blown up in the news. And it's really, I know I saw like a Twitter thread of like 250 like different videos of just peaceful protests that were just, I mean, and it was so amazing to watch. Like it, it's sad that like, you know, we're just now doing it, but it was so amazing to watch, to see people come together in so many different areas across the nation and the world even. And, um, it was really great and kind of going, um, off of that as well. I want to end on this note. Um, I know there's a lot to say in regard to voting, the importance of voting, especially right now. Um, and as well as the contradiction that lies within supporting black lives matter and also supporting president Donald Trump. So you can expand on that all you want. Okay, some of y'all Trump supporters are about to be real mad at me. <laughs> but the truth is, the leader of your nation right now is proving to be not a leader. Right. Um, in my opinion, the president should want to unify the people, not divide the people. Um, the president should want to, should not want to, um, encourage war on its citizens exactly <laughs> like well <Right>. there <laughs> <laughs> like when i was reading all that stuff i'm like in what sense is this man a leader oh, yeah because, you know i realize that not like there's gonna be republicans there's gonna be democrats there's gonna be independent people and that's the beauty of the system is that you can believe whatever you want to believe. Right. But there's also right and there's wrong. And I feel like a lot of people are realizing from all sides that like the way that this has been handled, it's not, the, the goal has not been to unify the people. It's been divisive and it's been divisive for the whole four years that he's been in office. And yeah. It's really, and it's like, it's not me saying, oh, go, go, the Democrat. Because right. I don't necessarily know if I believe the other option is the <laughs> I best you, option. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you have to realize that there's an issue and you need to take that into consideration when you're voting because nothing's going to change if nothing changes, right? So right. Um, when you see people speaking speaking out and you know condemning this behavior be open to that and let that impact your vote honestly think yeah. about how the, the past four years have been handled 
and some people are going to say it's awesome it's been great and chances are those people are very privileged and have never been oppressed right and I think if you're really about what's best for the country you're going to think about all people you're not going to think about just yourself just you and your bubble right exactly so um all I want to say really is think about how these situations have been handled uh think about the leader you want for the country and think about if the current leader has really been a leader yeah and if if the things being said really promote what you believe and yeah yeah I get you girl I mean that's it's so important to kind of recognize you know that it is a problem when you know the leader of the country isn't uniting on a human rights issue like that Mm -hmm. it's very divisive and that's just not good for the country in any sense ever no matter you know who the president would be if any president is causing division um, like literally in regard to a human rights issue that's just not exactly productive at the end of the day and it's not going to change anything like you said so and it's not about it's not about the fact that he's republican because i don't believe that all republicans are racist i don't believe all right you you can't paint them with the same brush exactly so like this very well could have been a democratic president as well at the end of the day it comes down to the fact that he's not being a leader He's not unifying his country like he should be doing. Exactly. And that could have been a different party, you know? Right. And we would have called it out too, you know? Exactly, either way. It's it's not about being Republican or being being a Democrat. And I don't think, I want people to really realize that. Like, it's just looking at the leader and realizing he's not a leader. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? it's as simple as that. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And yeah. that is all of, I mean, the questions I had, and I'm glad you got to address everything you wanted to talk about. And you've literally knocked it out of the park. Like your, your voice is incredible. Like both like the actual sound of it and like just how you use it. You are literally wise by beyond your years. The amount of times, like while you were talking, I was just like, this girl like oh I was I really feel like I learned so much like and I do have a lot to learn as someone that comes from a place of privilege and a bubble and I'm ashamed of myself that you know I didn't use my platform earlier but at the end of the day I'm an influencer and I hope all other influencers had this realization but who am I to call myself an influencer if I'm not influencing about actually important matters at the end of the day like come on and it's- also Abby what's important is that now you are learning and you're doing what you can yes help the movement and you are a true ally and you shouldn't beat yourself up about things you can't change what matters is what you're doing and what you're how you're contributing to the future and how you're contributing to making a change yeah for sure you should be proud of yourself for that thank you and you should be proud of yourself for coming on here and I mean sharing all of this and I know it's going to help so many people and it was truly very, I mean, informative, educational and all of that for everyone. So we, I'm going to leave like, you know, all, cause I'm going to post this on YouTube too, YouTube and on the podcast show notes, description box, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to leave as many resources as I possibly can. Um, I'll leave Venus's YouTube channel, her video that she did. If you guys want to hear more of an expansion on her background and 
her um, growing up and everything. And I just really am so grateful you came on. And I'm like so glad I got to like meet you or whatever you want to call it. I know. You're so great. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to see her in the flesh. (laughs) In the flesh. (laughs) I love Um, that. There's one more thing that I just wanted to say. Oh, yeah. And it's to just everyone out there. Um, Use your voice, no matter how big or small it is. whether you reach one person or 10,000 people, your voice is important and it needs to be heard. Your experiences are important and you should never feel any different. So yes, that's a great, I always great ending thought that my, I always thought that my voice didn't matter because I'm not like some big influencer, but everybody's voice matters. So yes, you ma'am. do. It does. It does. Well, thank you so much yes. for coming on. Of course.